now. Cool. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pastrami Nation Popcorn. Very special episode. We got a really cool guest with me today. Got uh, from the Cinemas podcast, the host of the Cinemas podcast, Brendan Brendan Treadway. How are you, Brendan? I'm great. Excited to be here on Pastrami Nation. What up, Pastrami Nation? Yeah, right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah, today we're just going to talk some... Uh, well, we're going to talk about last week and Disney dropping the bombshell on us about uh, like years worth of, of, of you know, Comic Cons and D23s in one day. They somehow crammed it all in there. Yeah, and it was jam-packed. Jam-packed, man. Like I was not expecting that. Um, it was definitely a lot of stuff. So we're going to get into it a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Star Wars. I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. I um, am. So I'd love to get your thoughts and see what you think. <laughs> Roll um, my sleeves up. Right, here, <laughs> here we go. Um, so first, um, can you kind of tell me just kind of your, your uh, since we're talking about Star Wars, you can tell me yeah. your kind of your history with Star Wars. What, uh, you know, what, what kind of made you love it in the first place? Ooh, good question. So I first saw Star Wars back in 96 um as a young boy i was six (laughs) years old and uh my neighbor introduced me to it he was kind of babysitting us and i i just remember like where i was sitting in the living room on the floor watching the uh binary sunset scene and thinking this is the best show (laughs) i I don't know what this is is amazing and um yeah, ever since then, I love Star Wars. We used to go, I mean, so I got, I was lucky. I got into Star Wars right before they did the uh, special edition re-releases in the theaters. Oh, nice. So I got to see each of those in the theater. I'm, I made my parents take me. And, you know, since then, I've just loved Star Wars. I've watched, I've watched the movies just countless, countless times, you know, all of them. And uh, got into books, comics. I mean, I play the, I do the Star Wars D and D thing. I, I oh, run nice. some, uh, yeah, campaigns with my friends. Man, I mean, what else? Like I mean, video games. I mean, you name it. Um, I've got a love for it. I've got all the kind of encyclopedia things upstairs. So nice. I'm constantly working to kind of expand not just my knowledge of uh you know what's in the movies but in the books and in all that stuff so right i'm really excited for the stuff that's coming out because uh what i what i love most about star wars is when it kind of expands and and goes somewhere new and we have a couple of those things that are coming from lucasfilm and i'm really really excited about those Uh, but we also have some kind of expansion of additional stories characters that we've met before and they're going to kind of fill in the blanks for us a little bit so i'm really really excited about that stuff too very cool man yeah i mean if you're a star wars fan right now right now is the is a a really good time to be a star wars fan oh yeah we're eating we're eating you're eating you gotta you know uh (laughs) they had the fallen jedi game come out a few months back which yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was actually a really good game. Um, and right now we have The Mandalorian on TV uh, or on Disney Plus, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts? How are you caught up with Mandalorian? On the I am caught up on Mandalorian. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So I listened to your guys' last episode talking about oh, yeah. uh, Mandalorian. Uh, I think you guys recorded that one an episode back. So you hadn't yes. seen the, the last episode. Uh, but it sounds like kind of the general sentiment on your guys' end here at Pastrami Nation is you know, Boba Fett's back and in action. You guys are excited (laughs) about it. Um, I'm really liking this season. Uh, 
The Mandalorian is a show that I really enjoy. It's not necessarily my favorite thing in Star Wars. It's not right. my, my, and we'll get into, there's, there's at least a couple of things coming that are right in the vein of what I love about Star Wars. Very cool. But, yeah, The Mandalorian's been a lot of fun. I, it has flipped me on Boba Fett a little bit. I, yeah. growing up, was never really a big Boba Fett fan. I was like, I, he's kind of just he's, there. He's overrated. I was Django yeah. over Boba. But this, um, these past couple episodes that have included Boba Fett, they've done a really good job of not just including Boba Fett as a way to include Boba Fett, Right. But also develop both Boba's character and Din Djarin's character at the same time. And I love the kind of, I love the way that this season is kind of putting Din Djarin through the ringer as far as his concept of what a Mandalorian should be. I yes. mean, that whole first season was all, you know, I don't take my off my helmet. This is the way, right? Uh, wanting to find his way into a clan that includes a lot of Mandalorians. And at the end of season one, he gets in the Mudhorn clan with, um, with you know now Grogu right the two of them are, are clan. <laughs> Grogu. uh-huh and then him running into Bo-Katan uh, and running into Boba he's seeing that they're you know this isn't the way there this is one way and there are many other ways in which to be a Mandalorian right. and so I'm really liking the way that this show is kind of expanding and, and um, kind of developing every character and using characters from other sections of Star Wars lore to kind of develop who Din Djarin and is as a character and kind of expand his kind of idea of what he should and, and could be. So yeah, I'm liking, I'm liking season two more than I liked season one. Uh, and I'm really excited for this finale that we're getting this week. Yeah. So. It's going to be pretty epic. I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best on that one. And the, uh, yeah, I really love his his development throughout the series so far. Like, you know, this last episode really showed him, you know, kind of open up a little bit more. Obviously, he took off his helmet and he yeah. was like half the show with it off. And I thought that was, you know, that was uh, that was really big. Like, What'd you think of that uh, scene with Mayfeld? And I think his name was Vin Ferris. Oh, uh, yeah. Mayfeld's old uh, officer. What'd you think about that? I thought that was pretty intense to be honest with you <laughs> yeah i think that's I, one of my favorite scenes in the whole season so far yeah and he's one of my uh i, I just kind of came across him the first time from uh, rob zombies three from hell mm -hmm. and it was totally different experience seeing him like i recognize him very different somewhere. character <laughs> very different character i was like wait i know that guy from somewhere i looked it up i was like oh <laughs> that's where he was yeah. um but yeah bill burr is just i'm I'm loving him in the part, you know, Bill Burr is doing. Yeah. I gotta good. say, I'm, in, I'm impressed with his acting chops. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like Bill Burr as a comedian. Right. And I know that, you know, he's done some, you know, voice work and, you know, he's done other acting. I mean, he was in uh, the King of Staten Island earlier this year yeah. and he was in, he was uh, you know, in season that. one. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I really liked how just in the sequence of them sitting there, you could tell the emotions that he was feeling. He did a really good job yeah. of of conveying that without any dialogue and yeah it was oh, such a good scene you just poor dan is sitting there like come on man don't do anything <laughs> right get out of here he just wants to leave and get out and finish the mission and yeah yeah but i i thought it was great though it was a very uh intensive very kind of it was a really good moment between the two and i really yeah. enjoyed it yeah plus we got a seismic charge yes we did yes. as soon as you hear boba fett's coming you want to hear a seismic charge right so exactly awesome. and i i really do like i was kind of in the same boat before like i always thought like boba like the extent of how much i like boba was about his 
his outfit, obviously. Like yeah, every yeah. kid wants to be Boba Fett, you know, to an extent, wear that suit, wear the helmet. Um, but like you said, this season has really, the last few episodes have really developed them into a character that I really like, as opposed to a character that was just kind of there and yeah, did his thing and was became iconic, of course, but he really wasn't in it for, uh, for too long. <laughs> No, then he found his way into the Sarlacc. Yeah, exactly. Then he found his way into the Sarlacc. So, so yeah. Anyways, Star. Speaking of Disney Plus, let's talk about Disney a little bit. And last Thursday, last Thursday they had their investor call meeting. They announced a lot of stuff. I think the basic consensus going into it, I think a lot of people just kind of figured they were going to announce a few things. You know, Disney Plus, a couple movies, and that's it. Um, But they just they threw everything out on the table. Said, "This is what we're doing. This is." everything we have coming over the what this has got to be at least two or three years worth of, if not a little bit more worth of material. Yeah. Um, but uh, they started their big presentation with uh, Lucasfilm came out and they started talking about all the star Wars content they have coming to their platform to Disney plus mainly. Um, and yeah, let's talk about those a little bit. Let's talk about um, what you're excited for. And some of those things that you said that you were really, really interested in learning more about. Um, so I have them uh, listed here. So we'll kind of go down yeah. the list and uh, we'll talk about them a little bit. So the first one I have on the list is the Ashoka series. Um, now, are you a fan of the Clone Wars? Were you into Rebels and all the animated stuff as well? Yeah. So I love Star Wars animation. Uh, Rebels is my favorite piece of Star Wars animation. Um, followed by pretty closely by Clone Wars. So uh, adding Ahsoka. So Ahsoka is in my top five Star Wars characters. I love Ahsoka. Um, I have two daughters uh, and the goal was to get one of them named Ahsoka. (laughs) So we had to settle. Um, My my daughter's middle names are uh, Ray and Leia. Oh, that's awesome. But if we get a third, I I think I I might be (laughs) closing on Ahsoka. (laughs) We're running out of characters at this point. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about uh, about this the potential for the series. I so I'm in the camp where I didn't necessarily love her introduction in the Mandalorian, right? Uh, for for one specific reason, well, I guess kind of two. So first, I I felt like as I was watching it, I, I was enjoying the visuals. I I thought that Filoni on a visual state on from a visual um, perspective you know, her disappearing in and out of the smoke was gorgeous. But by the end of the episode, it felt like this was just a setup for something else. Right. Uh, you know, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? I was like, my mom That's watches this show. To. She doesn't know who <laughs> right? Thrawn is. So I was like, okay, this is clearly a setup for some, uh, for another show or another storyline, whether we get it in a comic or a book or a game or another series, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Glad that we're getting an Ahsoka series. I love Ahsoka. I want to see more of her. What I'm interested in is this. Where is that series going to take place? So um, have you, you've seen Rebels. I, I have, guess. I have, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we have the finale of Rebels that we know takes place post Return of the Jedi, right. yet we don't necessarily know how far after Return of the Jedi that takes place. Now, we do know that the Mandalorian takes place about five to six years after the return of the Jedi. So I'm trying to figure out, well, I'm not just me. I mean, all of star Wars <laughs> fandom is. is trying to figure out where do those two things kind of fall into place. It looks to me like the Mandalorian comes first 
because we don't have, you know, what many are calling Ahsoka the White, right? At the right. end of the finale, she's kind of got the the right. whole Gandalf getup, but she doesn't have it here. So I'm, and she's also not with Sabine Wren. So I'm, I'm kind of figuring that this is pre. Um, okay. Yeah. Pre uh, the end of, of uh, right. Rebels finale. Yet at the same time, I'm wondering why she's looking for Thrawn and not Ezra, or is she looking for the two of them at the same time? So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but I'm really excited for the series. Uh, it, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I imagine that we're also going to be getting a, um, a Thrawn casting soon, or at that least be before exciting. that. Yeah, before that starts filming. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped. Give me an Ahsoka series. <laughs> what do you think about Rosario Dawson uh, as Ashoka? Oh, uh, it's tough. It's tough to take a character that has just been around in animation for so long and not just oh, yeah. know, 2D animation, but 3D animation and just translate them into live action without it feeling, at least on some level, like it feels like cosplay a little bit. It really does, yeah. Um, I do know that there is a pretty vocal section of Star Wars fandom that takes umbrage of some of the, um, with some of her as a person, kind of some of her history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've kind of been tapped into that to kind of see what's going on. You know, there's kind of this allegation around that she had assaulted a uh, a transgender, transgender person, yeah. and so and so I know that the kind of trans community within the Star Wars fandom, and you know, even outside of the trans community, um, really kind of feels like that casting is kind of a bit of a slap in the face Absolutely. whether or not i mean it's kind of tough i mean how do you you can cast someone at what point do you find out that story i don't i don't know but i mean if we're just speaking within yes you know what we saw on screen i thought that she did a fine job i think that the main problem with her for me was actually feloni's direction in that episode I just don't know if Filoni has the live action chops yet. His, his dialogue feels choppy. Uh, his, his, his pacing in some of the smaller, quieter moments was felt a little, a little laggy. A bit off, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if with another, and I mean, I, I imagine Filoni's going to be the one running this show as well. Absolutely. So I, I wonder if, if he's going to kind of get the hang of it a little bit more. Nothing against Filoni as a as a story runner as a showrunner, uh, the guy is you know next to none. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I've got high hopes. Good, good. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think Filoni's going to take the reins on this one. I think he's going to try to do as much as he can right now in the Star Wars universe. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll kind of learn how to kind of balance that 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 tightrope of kind of tighten things up a little bit for live action, kind of learn how it all works. And, you know, as we, we know, you know, it's all just kind of a learning curve, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. he's you yeah. know, but he's, he is an excellent storyteller and he's, you know, he's, he's a genius, you know, he knows what he's doing. And he obviously, yeah, his, his star Wars intellect is incredibly high. Amazing. Yeah. Like truly amazing. And that's why, you know, George Lucas was so confident in him that he just mm-hmm. kind of handed a lot of stuff over to him. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited he's on board with all this stuff. Um, speaking of animation, the Bad Batch. Um, now, yeah. I, think, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, now, uh, my son actually kind of had to explain a little bit to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Bad Batch? Are you excited for that? More Star Wars animation coming your way? 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I didn't necessarily love their episodes in this mm. last season, you know, the final season of the Clone Wars. Uh, but I think that the promise of the Bad Batch is actually better than what we got. And so I'm I'm excited to see uh, how they kind of move that forward. It looks like we're going to have kind of a lot of moral gray areas because at this point, you know, the Bad Batch are going to be working within the confines of the Empire now. Right. And so, you know, how do they navigate the morality of what they're doing against, you know, citizens of the empire, right? Um, also cool that they're working in some other characters. You know, we saw Fennec Shand yes. from The Mandalorian in yes. that trailer. So uh, I'm really excited about, you know, what uh, the Bad Batch has to offer. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So let's go back to The Mandalorian real quick. I just kind of want to talk yeah. about that. Do you feel like it's becoming to the point, like you were saying, you know, your, your grandma, my dad has never watched the Clone Wars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a good thing for the series or do you think it'll um, kind of hinder it kind of in the long run um, as far as longevity and as far as people watching? Because like I have friends who are like, I have no idea who Ashoka Ren is, but yeah. You know. Got it, got it. Uh, so you're talking, so let me make sure I'm getting your question right. So you're asking, you know, by introducing characters from other medium, are right. we uh, essentially raising the bar of entry into something like the Mandalorian too high? Yeah. That's a very fair argument to make. And it's one that I made after that Ahsoka episode. Right. I was like, you're bringing in Grand Admiral Thrawn now. And especially in the way in which that line was conveyed, made it feel like to someone like my mom or uh, my brother who does not do anything outside of live action. It makes it feel like you're coming into the middle of a story rather than like you've been there from the beginning. All of a sudden there's this new character introduced that clearly characters know who this guy, this Thrawn guy is, yet I have no idea. Um so I, I think that there's a danger in that, but I think by having an Ahsoka series, you also kind of welcome in and say, all right, we introduced this. We, 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 we increased the barrier of entry. Well, now here's another kind of channel so that you can right. pick up on this story. I'm worried, I guess you could say long run, but so much of Star Wars fandom has kind of turned into how much encyclopedia knowledge can I bestow on other people for better or for worse, right? Where someone says, I mean, how many conversations have you had with someone? Uh, I've had a couple where someone goes, I don't know who this Ahsoka person is that was on Mandalorian last week. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's Anakin Skywalker's Padawan and this and that. Now you didn't necessarily need to know that for that episode, but when you drop the name Thrawn in the way that it was done, uh, you know, the way that line was delivered very clearly, that's a character that we, the character that people should, that we should know. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did. Really... So I think that's the danger, mm-hmm. but I, I, it seems like they're trying to work around that now. Yeah. I think they're doing a good job. I mean, they're not making it like the heart of the story or anything. It's not like, you know, it's the plot, you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, I think, I think people will hopefully go see these other things, you know, go watch the Clone Wars, go watch Rebels and yeah you know, check it out and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be cool to see where everything goes with the Ashoka series and the Bad Batch. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, the Rangers of the New Republic. Um, I honestly, 
have no idea exactly what this is, to be honest. Okay. Um, it's because it's been so long since I've heard of them before. Um, but what, what, what do you know about that? Are you uh, kind of caught up with the Rangers of the New Republic? So this seems to me that this is, uh, a, so this is a spinoff of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And we got a, a little hint of this when uh, that rebel pilot handed Cara Dune. Cara Dune is now a Ranger gotcha. of the New Republic. Right. So I kind of imagine that this is going to be a Cara Dune-centric series. With that in mind, I'm not super excited about this. And the reason for that is that I just, I'm not super interested in Cara Dune as a character. I think that the best parts of her as are actually, um, she doesn't show up enough for me to really have a developed sense of who she is outside of she's a rebel shock trooper. Now she's kind of a renegade. She doesn't want to rejoin. And so, I mean, that's just kind of like what she's been is just like the heavy on the series. Right. Yeah. Where, I mean, outside of that, I don't know if that's enough to care. I mean, acting chops. No, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's not that good of an actress. No, she's not. She's not. A whole Star Wars series. So I am optimistic but as of right now that's probably the least interested in any of the announcements for star wars that okay. i am oh it's understandable yeah. yeah um i think a lot of people kind of have the same reaction um talking to people about stuff that they announce it's it's everything else but that pretty much that i've heard yeah <laughs> I mean, it's yeah not quite my cup of tea yet we'll see what what more they have to say about it though yeah exactly and who knows i mean it could be the next mandalorian who knows who knows, yeah, <laughs> who knows? I'm, I'm open to it <laughs> right um so lando let's talk about lando a little bit um now we don't know a whole lot about you know which lando this is gonna be um mm-hmm. you know we've heard a little bit i i you know obviously i'm a fan of billy d lando but i'm also a huge fan of donald glover as well yeah, and what's um, interesting is they didn't mention any cast on this. So we don't right. even know if either of them are returning. So exactly. um, it's kind of up in the air. I'd be interested in kind of a back and forth flashback type situation. That would be really cool. if they. It'd be kind of cool up. to have like a uh, like Slumdog Millionaire vibe where Lando, Billy D's Lando is faced with a situation that calls back to, and then the whole episode is based around something that happened when he was younger as Donald Glover's Lando. And that would be, yeah. So what it's, well, what it seems to me is that this is actually going to be a shorter series that is just going to be focusing on kind of one heist or something. They were calling it an event series, which makes you think it's probably gonna be like five or six episodes. So uh, I think with something at that length, we'll probably get uh, Donald Glover back, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally on board. I, Really, really enjoyed your first pitch. I think that's the way to go, definitely. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm on the same boat with you. I think that it's going to be, a, like you said, it, it is going to be an event series. It's going to focus on one thing. There's not going to be a whole lot like, you know, we know who Lando is. We've kind of gotten to know him a little bit. And I think it's just going to dive right in, show us a guy in action a little bit, and then kind of get out of there. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really going to be anything in depth. Um, it's just going to be a fun, I think it's going to be a fun four or five episode little story. And that's what I'm hoping for. I hope, um, I would love to see, like I said, I think Donald Glover would probably be ideal in that situation for me. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, Billy D's great, but I mean, I, I, you know, it's fun to see 
you know, these characters kind of reimagined in a different way. And I'd really mm-hmm. like to see, you know, uh, Donald Glover take, take yeah. the role. Did you, so. were you a fan of Solo? I watched it, I watched it months after it had come out on DVD because I was like kind of trying to avoid it as much as possible. Uh-huh. Um, I love Han Solo. I love the cast. I love everything about it. I just wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of knowing too much about certain people, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So it's like, it just gave me too much. Like, I like to think of Han Solo as this mysterious figure. Like, I don't know much of his history. I know it's in the books and stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm fine not going back and reading the books, having that aura sure. of, of uh, imagination there. Um, but I watched it and I was actually pretty impressed by how much fun it was. Um, I don't think it's it's not one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but I... I, I had a good time. I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of it was the cast. I think uh, Donald Glover for me was the standout in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. stole it. Uh, Woody Harrelson, you know, was great. Um, yeah. And I think, um, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The kid who played. Alden uh, Ehrenreich. Yeah. 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 He was, he was good too. I thought, I thought he really did a good, uh, you know, Harrison Ford impression a little bit. Yeah, I thought um, he did a good job of kind of making the character his own while still having some of the, uh, like he had the finger point. Right. He had kind of the furrowed brow. Like he kind of worked in some of Harrison Ford's mannerisms into his character, but didn't, It to me, it didn't feel like he was trying to copy what Harrison Ford no, did right. as, a, as a, you know, actor doing Han Solo. It felt like his own thing that was, uh, kind of influenced by it, but um, it, you know, it's funny as we as we think as you were talking, I was also thinking about another Lando possibility. So uh, there's a Lando. So when they when Marvel took over uh, Star Wars comics from Dark Horse about five six years ago, mm. was it longer than that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when Marvel took over, um, they did kind of these. Um, kind of one shot series where it was kind of five issues oh, yeah. for like Lando, Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca. And they're really cool. And Lando's to me was kind of the standout of that batch uh, where him and Lobot uh, steal a ship. Uh, and what they end up finding out is it's actually Emperor Palpatine's ship. <laughs> and, but what's cool is that you get a lot of kind of insight into Lando and Lobot's relationship Nice. And, uh, you know, Lobot, for those who don't remember, is kind of, he's the bald guy in Cloud City with the little oh, yeah. computer thing around his head. And what you find out is that uh, when, so what, the way that we see him in Empire Strikes Back is not the way that he used to be. That, could, that implant in his, around to the back of his head, eventually takes over his body. And so when you talk to Lobot, you're talking to a computer now, not a person. Whereas that was not the case before. He was more of a person with kind of a database, like a Wikipedia thing in the back of his head. And so in that comic series, over time, he's like deteriorating into this computer. So it'd be kind of cool to see Lobot going through that in this series i could see lobot getting worked into this because he's such a they were like basically companions right right. so i think that'd be kind of cool that would be really cool i'd watch that in a heartbeat i think that sounds like a great idea too (laughs) i would love that um so then we got a a droid story um which we know is uh, animated yeah and it's uh r2 c3po and a new character that's about as much as we know yeah it's about as much as we know i think it'll be fun it'll be yeah 
you know, one of those fun side stories that you get, you know, watch with the kids and yeah, my daughter loves art too. So right? this is perfect. exactly. Perfect. Um, so let's move on to the acolyte. Okay. This um, is the one. This is the one. This, this is, is the one. I kind of figured this was the to. one, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so my favorite thing about Star Wars is when Star Wars goes somewhere new. Yeah. Whether it's with new with the characters we know and doing something new with them or uh, taking us to a place we've never seen before. And the Acolyte takes us to the High Republic, which is about 300 to 100 years before uh, A New Hope, when the uh, Republic was at its height. And that's what I want to see. Yeah. So we've got, so this is um, post, you know, old Republic, but this is pre um, kind of galactic Republic as we see it in the, the prequel trilogy. Right. They have, I mean, if you're interested in that time period, so starting in January, we have three new books and a slew of comic series that are coming out that are focusing on this time period. And a bunch of early reviews have started to drop for these and people are, going crazy about how good these are. So I'm really excited for that. But this seems to be a series. So it's run by uh, Leslie Headland, who uh, is the showrunner creator of Russian Doll on Netflix. Oh, cool. And uh, this is going to focus on, well, we don't really know, but it seems to me like it's going to be a Sith acolyte around that time period. And new time period, new characters, sign me up. I'm easy. (laughs) nice man yeah i'm excited for it too i think i have heard about those books and the comic books that are coming out um actually i think we're going to be covering a few of them on pastrami nation um but i'm excited to check those out and learn about them and kind of see more learn more about this time period it's a yeah cool period that no i don't really know a lot you know like you know we haven't really touched it yeah no and like i mentioned it before you know i'm a casual star wars fan i like star wars i know the characters i love watching it um but i haven't read any of the books i haven't um you know, I played a lot of the video games, like the yeah. Republic games, things like that. Those are really fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm always interested to learn more about the universe and comic books, movies and uh, books, you know, uh, especially now I'm, I'm ready to read them and check them out and learn more about it. So I'm yeah, it's time to stuff. jump in. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, so this one, I feel like the next one kind of um, got a lot of people surprised, um, quite frankly, with uh, well, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to Disney Plus, we all knew it was coming, but the addition of Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. I think yeah, well, I'm wondering how they're gonna do that. It's going to be interesting. I I wonder if we're gonna see a lot of Anakin without his helmet or Vader without his helmet. It's got to be, and some kind of Force visions. I I imagine some kind of Force confrontations between the two of them mm-hmm. I, I i just don't know if you can take obi-wan off of tattooing given that he's supposed to be protecting luke right so uh i'm i'm very much looking forward to what they do here uh it's, it's a big move <laughs> yeah the, Ken- move. the kenobi novel is kind of like a, a little wild westy on uh tattooing but yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see Hayden Christensen back. I feel really good that fandom has gotten to a place after they just absolutely hammered that guy, tw- you know, 20 years ago, to where now he can come back and feel comfortable. I think that Star Wars celebration in uh, 2017 was a really big step for him. 
yeah, where they had which, the 40-year for A New Hope. Was, and he was welcome. He got a standing ovation. It was insane, the reception that he got at Celebration. Mm-hmm. And I think that that for him was kind of a little bit of a light bulb into where fandom is with him now. Yeah, And I think that he it made him a lot more open to coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, like I said, my son's a huge Star Wars fan. And that was one of the biggest pieces of news for him as well. He's 13, but he didn't, you know. Oh, yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't alive during the whole, you know, prequel phase and everything. And he doesn't remember people tearing Hayden Christensen apart. So he oh. knows Hayden Christensen as Darth, like Anakin Skywalker. Like that's his, mm-hmm. one of his favorite characters. Um, yeah. And I think, it, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing that he's able to come back and reprise the role and be happy about it and be excited and be accepted again. And that's super important. And I think I'm very happy for him and I'm excited to see where the show goes. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, when the uh, episode one came out, it was like, what, 2001, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, 99. 99. Oh, wow. 99. Yeah, I was 19 years old working at the movie theater. So it was kind of that weird... I had friends coming out of the theater and just like, it was, they were just, oh, it was, it was brutal. Like, you know, <laughs> after, after you get over that, like initial excitement of watching it, I think a lot of people, it was like half and half. Like some people were just pumped that they saw it, were excited. Some people just walked out of that theater, just ready to, to tear apart everything they saw. Mm-hmm. You know, Hayden Christensen and Jar Jar were the two, targets and it was uh it was a uh, it was ugly it wasn't fun but uh but i think um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad he's back and i'm glad everything's going to be working out for them so yeah yeah it'll be good um so visions um star wars shorts right am i correct star this wars is my animated shorts this is the other one that i'm really excited for it sounds amazing yeah so i'm not really a big anime fan Um, I I don't really, I mean, Dragon Ball Z is as deep into anime (laughs) as I've ever really gone. Uh, But what I'm, I'm interested in seeing different kind of interpretations of Star Wars. And from some of the things that we saw, it looks like we're going to be focused around kind of Jedi lore, which is my favorite part of Star Wars. And uh, so you know, seeing all these kind of short films done in the anime style, which we've seen a couple of things kind of made in that. I'm sure you might've seen kind of the TIE fighter anime short. I did someone put together. I did. Uh, I think anime really suits what star Wars brings to the table. And so I'm interested to see how, you know, these different, uh, you know, anime filmmakers take that and, and run with it. So I'm, I'm really excited. This is one of the more exciting things for me out of this whole match. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It kind of reminds me of the, the animatrix when that came out, you yes. know, we saw those animated shorts and it fit perfectly with the style, with the stories. Um, so I'm excited for that. I, I hope that turns out just like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. I think the only thing that I wouldn't want is I don't want anime like remakes of the oh, no. stories yeah. that we already know. That's the only thing that I'm not super interested in. Like, don't give me that. Don't give me, you know, Luke at the end of, you know, don't give me like Luke and Yoda, whatever. Like, I don't want that. Right, right. Give me something 5,000 years before A New Hope. Give me something with the Wills. Give me something yeah. with Yoda. Give me something I've never seen before. That's what I want. Yep, exactly. And that's, uh, hoping we'll get that. Um, Andor. Cassian Andor. 
the series. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Are you excited for that? Um, I love, uh, I like the, uh, gosh, I'm blanking so hard. Diego today. Luna. Diego Luna. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love Diego Luna. I think he's fantastic. I think he's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about the show um, just because I'm, not really sure what to expect. Uh, we know how it all kind of ends for him. So um, curious uh, what your thoughts are and uh, how, you know, putting the, the rebellion together and all that stuff. Yeah. So this, uh, so this is I, the way that it's been kind of thrown around is a bit of a born kind of feel like a born identity type series that just focuses mm-hmm. around Cassie and Andor and K2SO going around running a bunch of missions for the rebellion. We're going to be getting um, her name escapes me at the exact moment uh, back as Mon Mothma. So kind of that early group of rebels, we're going to be seeing all of them again. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I liked one, one of the things that I liked about Cassie and Andor is that. Um, and while I, I don't love kind of a lot of the, I don't, I'm not, I'm one of those people that I don't need the dark and gritty stuff. Right. Right. Uh, I did like, I do like the kind of showing two sides of the coin of the rebellion, which is, Hey, you know, we're in this rebellion, but that also means that we kind of have to do some things that we wouldn't want to do in order to protect ourselves. Right. You know, like we saw in the beginning of rogue one where he kind of has to kill his informant in order to escape. So um, yeah, I love Diego Luna. He's great. Uh, and I want to, I do want to see more of the character. It's not the character I would have picked right. to have a kind of his own series, but, uh, I think that the concept is very promising and I'm interested to see what they do with it. Absolutely. Definitely. I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see another one of those time periods that we don't see very much in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, I think that'll be cool. Um, so to kind of top off their Star Wars presentation, um, it was announced there was a, I thought it was actually a pretty sweet trailer um, with uh, Patty Jenkins, uh, you know, talking about her father being an air, or, you know, an Air Force and stuff like that and uh, honoring yeah. his memory by making, uh, you know, one of the best fighter pilot movies ever made, <laughs> uh, Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Uh, I'm 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 personally very excited for that. I'm a big, you know, uh, Top Gun is one of my favorite movies, uh, just because it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with this. Especially her, I think she's a, I think she's a good director. I think she she's, uh, especially with action sequences, I think she does pretty well. Um, and I would love to see what she does. Yeah. With this. I'm I have a uh, I I'm also very excited for mm. this. It it made me want to go back and reread the Rogue <laughs> Squadron books from uh, Michael Stackpole. I have some questions that I'm, I want answers to someday. One, when did she start writing this? Right. Uh, and I'm interested to know uh, if she's been writing this story for a while, if she's been planning on making a fighter pilot movie, mm-hmm. but when she was approached for a star Wars movie, if she pitched the fighter pilot movie that she had been working on, so she'd kind of been making a movie about fighter pilots, gotcha. you know, in memory of her father. And then when she was approached for a star Wars movie, she said, well, I've got this great fighter pilot story. We can just mm. coat this thing with star Wars. And I'm all in for that. Yeah. That. I like that. Yeah. Um, we also know that she's been working with another writer on this. Right. And 
there are questions around what that means. So uh, one thing that I've seen floated around as a possibility, I think this is actually an unlikely possibility, but a possibility still is that we do know that Ryan Johnson's trilogy of movies that was announced back in 2017 Mm -hmm. is still on the slate. Right. Regardless of what YouTubers may tell you, that movie trilogy still exists. Mm-hmm. It's still on the Lucasfilm website as a potential, as a project, an announced project. As such, um, I cannot imagine that we only get one Rogue Squadron movie. And uh, it did not sound at the time like Ryan Johnson would be directing necessarily those three movies, but more right. helping create and produce those. So the possibility could be that that other writer that's helping her could be Ryan Johnson and that the trilogy of movies that he is producing is a Rogue Squadron trilogy. So the wheels in my head have been turning on this one. That is exciting. Like that would be, I would be there opening. I'm already going to be there opening day. Mm -hmm. Ryan Johnson, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I mean, he's he's great. Um, Say what you will, you know, a lot of people, you know, obviously – Last Jedi was kind of... Well, let me ask you this. No. What's the Pastrami Nation? I mean, let me get a heat check for Pastrami Nation. What is your guys' <laughs> thoughts on The Last Jedi here? The Pastrami Nation uh, Last Jedi thoughts are that Ryan Johnson is a amazing filmmaker, but he should never touch Star Wars again. That's the... Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, but hey, we're all... I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle camp there. Like, I love Ryan Johnson... I do kind of feel like he brought us something different and I feel like people wanted something different, just not that different. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's funny. We're recording this on the three year anniversary of the last Jedi. It came out three years ago. Oh, today. We are. That is right. Well, I guess, I mean, I was that sitting in right. the three years ago today. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I was there too. We were there opening day. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, but what are what are your thoughts on the Last Jedi? Oh, um, <laughs> you could a hey, become. Well, I don't know now. You know what? No, no, you're fine, man. You're no. You're safe. Um, the don't Last worry Jedi. Yeah, the Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, is it um, okay? Yeah, I think that it is. It's everything that I want from Star Wars. You know, cool. you talk about he took things in new directions. He, he took a lot of the seeds planted by oh looks like my internet connection's getting a little wonky oh, yeah. uh, he took the seeds planted by uh george lucas in uh empire strikes back particularly on uh dagobah mm-hmm. and um also a lot of things from the prequels a lot of things from the prequels yeah and said this is the way that the force is and basically just kind of took all collected all of the elements that we've gotten over we had gotten over six or seven movies and then laid them out on the table as luke taught ray and uh yeah it's a movie that i i i just i love it i'm That's... hoping that i get to re i get have time to rewatch it this week kind of as a three-year right. thing but yeah, anytime you guys want to talk last jedi send me an invite i'll i'll be over on Pastrami please Nation man please i would it. I would absolutely love that. We love the differing opinions and people, you know, having discussions about it and stuff. And we have a couple of our guys are, are, are super, you know, knowledgeable and, and, and everything about it so that, you know, we could definitely bring you on and guys can go at it. And I'll just, yeah, it's I'll, funny. I'll mediate. I, I, I wanted to see what my reaction was. So I looked up my tweet from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, so I saw it uh, twice opening night. 
Um, oh, nice. I, I saw it and then I drove across town. I didn't even have time to get on Twitter. I just jumped right into the next showing. <laughs> and so, but I remember my reaction the first time walking out, I was like, Ugh, man, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it was so not what I expected. And then I saw it a second time. And then my tweet that I, I found from three years ago was that might be the best Star Wars movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so any, anytime you guys want to talk about it, I'd, I'd love to yeah, I'd love to come back on. Absolutely. And, and the I, guys at Cinemast also disagree with me. So I know. Oh, that, <laughs> so I have had to defend this thing from them as well. So I'm, I'm, hey. uh, I, I'm, I'm accustomed to it. <laughs> that's awesome yeah we'll definitely have you on we'll talk last jedi and that will be so much fun we'll definitely do that um so yeah so that's uh, you know that about tops it off of the disney announcement or for the star wars announcements um do you think all right so the future are you, are you gonna ask me the saturation question <laughs> i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and the saturation okay. question is going to be one of them <laughs> um so there has been obviously two minds of this whole the this amount of content, this amount of announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the saturation thing a, a little bit. Um, I don't know if, I think people in, in my life personally are getting a little bit burnt out on Star Wars. Um, okay. So when obviously someone like, you know, like I've said, you know, my son, he loves everything, you know, feed him anything Star Wars and he's a happy boy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have someone like my dad who when I talk about Star Wars, his first reaction is, oh, is this one going to be good? <laughs> like that's uh-huh. kind of his, you know, because he, 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 you know, he saw the original trilogy in theaters and he's a, he's a big Star Wars guy, but it's, it's really one of those things where even if I talk people, to people at work about it and they're like, oh, they're coming out with another one. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, they are. Or they're coming out with another show. Um, so what do you think about that? Are you, are, are you, do you think that, that it's, it's going to get up to a point where people are just done with Star Wars? No. And the reason for that is a couple of, a couple of things. So first, I think that actually um, an oversaturation of Star Wars is actually going to help it more than hurt it. And the reason I say that is that because in the same way, so Marvel, I think, is, is actually a decent example of this. There's so much Marvel content from comics to movies to TV shows to games to you know, TV shows on Hulu and FX exactly. and this and that, right? You get to pick what you want to watch. You don't necessarily have to watch everything. I know a lot of people that love Star Wars that don't watch Clone Wars, that haven't watched it or haven't played the games or don't read like you. You, haven't, you didn't read the books, but that's right, right. right. You get to pick your, it's a buffet. You get to pick what you want to eat. Um, now the argument on this other side of that is like a buffet with so much being done, perhaps that decreases the quality that I disagree with, with the amount of budget that Disney has. I mean, just look at the Mandalorian, the budget on that thing is insane. So, I mean, we're getting movie quality stuff in live action and the quality of the animated series is fantastic. So my answer to the, the oversaturation question is generally that's all in the eye of the beholder. If you feel like you need to consume every single piece of it, yeah, it's probably possible that you can feel a bit of that oversaturation. I felt that with Marvel where right. I was, you know, I, I grew up reading Marvel comics and DC comics, but Marvel was kind of my go-to 
And uh, at a certain point with Marvel, I kind of had to tell myself, okay, am I getting burnt out on this? Do I need to scale back the way in which I'm interacting with this? Right. And I did. I, I kind of, I, you know, I go and check them out in the theater and, but I, you know, as we'll talk about, I wasn't like as dialed in on the Marvel call as I was the right. Star Wars call. So, and even with Star Wars, I've, I, I kind of pick and choose what I go after. There's some, some books that I haven't read, some comics that I've let slide just because um, I don't want to throw, I don't want to get too much of it. And then the flavor is soured. But I think the other part of that too, is that from kind of people that have been around with star Wars, particularly those that saw star Wars in the theater back in 77, Mm. they're used to three star Wars movies. And then that was pretty much it. So saturation for them is different than saturation for someone kind of in our era of media consumption, where it's, Hey, the more the merrier, right? Like I'm, I'm down, give me whatever. I'll watch it. And then I'll pick and choose later. If I want to, like, I have not rewatched season one of Mandalorian. I watched it once and I was good. Right, right. But I do know people that have rewatched it five, six, seven times because that's what they love. That's what they want to watch. And more power to those people. Saturation is oversaturation is not happening for those people. Whereas for my parents, my dad is, I think, in your dad's camp, which is like, mm. is this one going to be good? I saw the three in the theater. I right. don't necessarily need, I saw the three others in the theater. <laughs> I didn't like those. He did like the um, sequel trilogy. So, I think by having all these different types of content, it's up to you now to pick what you do and don't want to watch. If you get three episodes into the acolyte and you say, you know what, this isn't for me. Cool. You can walk away. So it's all up to you. Yeah, that's totally cool. I completely agree with that. It it is really kind of, you know, you pick and choose, pick and choose what you want to watch, what you want to listen to uh, or what you want to read, you know, it's all up to you what you want to play. So yeah, definitely. And also, I was curious what your thoughts. Uh, so, so do you think the future of Star Wars is looking bright on the big screen still? Or do you think a lot of it's going to, uh, obviously we're getting a lot of content on Disney plus, but do you think mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get from now on? I mean, do you think most of, I mean, obviously, yeah, we do have the rogue squadron movies. We do have movie announcements, but I don't yeah, feel the hype for the excitement for a lot of those, for some of those things as much. Sure. As well, some of that's proximity, right? So the move, so um, Patty Jenkins movie comes out in 2023. So we're still three years away right? Right. Uh, from that. Whereas, you know, we've got Cassie and Andor coming. Uh, well, we've got Mandalorian coming next year. We've got Andor coming the year after that. Obi-Wan coming probably that same year. We have all these series that are coming in the next three to four years. And then we have Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie, mm-hmm. which is probably going to end up being at least two movies, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we also, one we didn't mention is Taika Waititi's movie. That, oh, yes. yes. So that one I've got some questions about, particularly because there were two images shown behind Kathleen Kennedy. Right. One was a Star Wars logo that I had never seen before. And second, or it definitely looked like it was from the old kind of like 70s, 80s comic series when uh, Marvel first had Star Wars comics. And then the second one was kind of this like nebula looking thing with these kind of uh, pyramids in the sky, which looked very similar to the um, pyramid shaped things yeah. in the Dawn of the Jedi series. Um, uh, book series on the front cover there's kind of something that looks very similar to it in the background I read that book I honestly cannot tell you anything about it I don't remember <laughs> anything but 
I'm wondering how far back his movie is going to go because Dawn of the Jedi is way, I mean, they didn't even have lightsabers in that book. They were using right. swords. So uh, it could be, it could be way far away. Uh, but as far as the future on the big screen, I think it's bright. I think that uh, the excitement quote unquote is less for two reasons. One proximity it's further away. They, I know that they did a lot of kind of realignment in, um, post uh, solo and um, rise of Skywalker, mm. but also you have a pandemic that just absolutely shook the entire industry. And so every yeah. plan that they had got pushed out about two years. So I think that they were probably planning to have a star Wars movie maybe in the next two years, but that got pushed to 23. And right. I think that time is probably 25. So um, I think that it's bright. It's just that we don't have a good insight into it because it's so far away and they're wanting us to focus more on the present rather than, you know, five, six years down the road. And that's good. I think, um, I think, you know, dis- keeping people occupied with this Disney plus stuff is going to, um, you know, hold them over until they do eventually get a new star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, so um, just real quick, I, I, you know, we talked about Star Wars. That was actually one of the main things I want to talk to you about because I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. Um, yeah. I do kind of want to, you know, talk a little bit about the Marvel slate they got coming up. Um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be happening. And again, a lot of it's on Disney+. Plus. I think they said at their meeting that there's going to be enough content for throughout next year. There's going to be something new every week. So whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, or... National Geographic. National Geographic, whatever it is, they're going to have something new for people to watch. Um, So, of course, you know, we got the the Falcon and Winter Soldier series coming out, Uh um, which I'm really looking forward to. I think I'd love to see Sam and um, Bucky kind of, you know, go at it for the shield. I mean, not fight for the shield, but I like the idea that we thought at the end of, I think we can talk about it now, but at the end of Endgame, Cap uh-huh. had had given Sam his shield. Um, but I feel like this series is going to kind of, it's going to play toy with that idea a lot. The um, As far as I know, it's a series where the, the government kind of comes in and they're, Cap doesn't get to choose who the new Captain America is, we do. And it kind of becomes like that kind of back and forth, you know, between them and the government basically. Yeah. I could see eventually that being a situation where they're both captain America. Yeah. And you know, captain America's or something, you know, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. That would be really cool on that one. And the uh, Loki show is one that I'm extremely excited about too. Um, yeah, so I don't like Loki. I hate Loki as a oh, character. No. I'm so sick and tired yeah. of Loki, but the trailer for this already sold me on it. The fact that it's a very limited series, I think it's five episodes. Yeah. And I, I have no idea what I'm looking at in this trailer. And that actually excites me more than anything because I want, I like when, I mean, I said this a little bit with star Wars. I like when Mm -hmm. they kind of go off in a new kind of direction. When Marvel gets weird, that's my favorite stuff. Guardians of the galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, Iron Man three is one of my favorite Marvel movies because it's the least Marvel of the Marvel movies. Yeah. I want, I want the Loki stuff to get freaking weird. And that's what it looks like we're getting. And I'm hyped for that. 
Yeah, I, I'm super excited. I think I love the idea of him going through history and just kind of messing things up. Um, sounds really cool. Um, there's a scene in the trailer with the, you know, D.B. Cooper and, and him, ex, you know, escaping out of the plane with the money. I thought that was freaking brilliant and I'm excited for that. And so where does this awesome. take place? I'm trying to figure out where this takes place because I, yeah. so I saw Endgame once. Yeah. Uh, does he get the Tesseract in the middle of the whole like the like him being in prison thing. I, I can't quite remember. Right. No. So yeah. So he gets it. Um, so the, there's that scene where they're all in the, they go back to New York and they're in that part where they first capture him from the first Avengers movie and they're taking him downstairs and they're trying to get the Tesseracts for the, the stones before Thanos gets them. Yeah. Um, and that's when um, they get into that fight in the lobby. L- Loki is tied up. He's bound he um something happens the tesseract falls out he's able to grab it real quick and just disappears out of sight um so Uh from there it kind of takes him to wherever he lands we don't know exactly where that is um but it's kind of this whole time travel thing so it takes place during everything else kind of going on and then how do they get the tesseract back in um endgame yeah so they yeah so they get another one yeah they did they did get another one um because there was I'm trying to remember, <laughs> but there was, that was like three and a half hours long. Oh man. I think I have to, I have to rewatch, but I know they get it again. <laughs> they do yeah. get it again. Um, and that was the, the time stone, which, you know, takes them through the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly how they got it again, but, um, but I think the show is a super cool concept. I'm really excited for it. And I think it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Something. Yeah, the one I'm looking forward to the most, um, or one of them, is WandaVision, Dude. which comes out in a few weeks. Again, yes. it looks freaking weird, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, and I've yeah. heard people talking about you are not prepared with this of for what this show is, and to me, that's just a, a ringing endorsement for what I want to see. Yeah, same here. I'm. It looks so bizarre and strange, and and. I'm all here for it. And like when you said, when Marvel goes weird, they go weird. And I'm yeah. totally on board for it. Uh, Taika, when he came on and did Thor, like it got, it got weird and crazy, but super in the weird. Best possible way. Yeah, it was great. And it really re- reinvigorated the character of Thor. You know, people, that's yes. when I really, you know, the first two movies I thought were pretty good. You know, I'm not as, um, big a hater on the dark world as some people but it's still not his best moments um, right but um but yeah uh, ragnarok totally changed the thing and it was super weird and i'm excited for it and i think it's gonna be great so yeah so there's the other there's a whole list there's the iron heart series which is cool you know tony stark you know she in uh, junior tony stark basically but she's a riri mm-hmm. williams Super cool character. I'm excited to see her again. Or I'm excited to see her in television form, which will be really cool. Um, Secret Invasion. Yeah, this was um, kind of a rumored... People thought this would kind of end up being its own movie or maybe kind of be the basis for Captain Marvel 2. But now it's cool that we're kind of getting our own series with Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn um, with Nick Fury and Talos. So... I'm I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'm totally down for that as well. Um, Hawkeye. 
Hawkeye looks pretty cool. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, uh, I think she's great. Yeah. Um, Renner is great too. Um, I'm I interested to see how much we get of Renner in this. I don't uh, think we're... He, he kind of tanked himself a little bit uh, from a personal standpoint with the stuff with his wife or whatever. Yes. I can't imagine that Disney is like, you're still good. You know, I... Just say you're sorry and come back. Right. I really hope. I really hope that Disney sees that and they're kind of like, "Hey, you should probably just step back a little bit." We'll. Uh, yeah. We'll make this work, and um, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, from the like the set pictures and stuff that we've seen so far, obviously he's going to be in it, but we just don't know to what extent or what. Yeah. So, so that'd be cool to see. Um, what if? What if is going this is to be a long also fun? Looks cool. Yeah, um, you know, I like the idea of uh, Peggy Carter becoming Captain Britain. Uh, Marvel zombies, finally, we get to see them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much we'll get to see them. Hopefully, it's a whole, you know, they're going to be like, what, 25, 30 minute episodes, you know? Yeah, so, probably. You know, and that would be great to see them, see them there. Um, yeah, and then there's a Moon Knight, which uh, had uh, Oscar Isaac attached. Um, I, I believe he, so is that is that confirmed or was that no. still kind of like he's in talks he's in talks it's one of those things you know where like the tri- everyone's reporting it but it's not mm-hmm. you know it's not set in stone yet it's just like all yeah, these that guy gets work he's got a good agent <laughs> dude he's a solid snake in the metal metal gear movie coming up that's right i saw and that it, too i mean between star wars and dune and metal gear and now this i mean geez yeah he's for the rest of us right no he's i mean but uh, he's great i mean that's what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on uh metal gear solid um movie i think um i'm kind of torn it it's it's super hard to make a good video game movie as we've as we've noticed i just i love the games i think that solid snake i think he's a great character i think I don't know how well he's going to translate to live action without just being another kind of typical paramilitary guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, some of the fun of the metal gear games is the fact that they're kind of goofy in between the lines, right? Like the, the cardboard box, right. Is like fantastic. Yeah. It's great. It's the main joke of the series. It's (laughs) like, how do you hide in this thing? But also uh, some of the stuff in those games. So that's one of my favorite game series. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And and some of the stuff in those games, I just don't know how you translate that to the screen. The the biggest pitfall, I know we're like getting way off track here. But no, the no, biggest pitfall fine. when it comes to video game movies is that you have to balance expectation with um I don't, I don't know, execution, right? right. Like when you ha- because the reason that you're making a video game movie is because there's such a voracious fan base of the video game that they want to see that video game on the big screen. So what do you do? Do you just recreate the exact same story that's from the game or right. do you try and deliver something new, whether it's a new storyline or a new spin on some of those things. And, and we kind of got that a little bit with the Tomb Raider game, uh, the Tomb Raider movie yeah, where they kind of had based it on that newer kind of Tomb Raider reboot. Uh, I thought that was decent. It's probably one of the better video game adaptations we'd seen in a while. I can, I'm a huge um, Tomb Raider fan. I played all those games. I think it's one of my favorite game series as well. Uh-huh. Um, I think they did. They did a really good job. Like, yeah, it's uh, not too bad. Not too uh, I, I'm personally one that does not want a Halo movie. So Halo is my oh, no. favorite game franchise. Right. Uh, and I just, 
I don't need to see the exact same story played out on the big screen. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't need that. Uh, I know that there's been talk about a Halo series um, from Steven Spielberg. That's been around for like 15 years oh, yeah. now. Was it Peter Jackson and attached at one point too? I think so. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. anyone you can think of. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm down for a series. Um, I, I think I'd particularly enjoy a series about like the ODSTs mm-hmm. rather than Master Chief or maybe some other Spartans. But like leave Master Chief alone. Let him <laughs> just be his own thing. But anyway, yeah, Oscar Isaac. He's in everything now. <laughs> he's and he's great and he's great. But I did want to bring up one more thing since we were talking about video games. I don't want to get too off track, but yeah. I'm a huge uh, Assassin's Creed is my all-time favorite um, video game series. Yikes! How'd you like the movie? <laughs> that that was a but see that you know that that's the thing. It's like some of these have have potential for such great storytelling. Like the there's the games are so epic and like um, it's like turning something like Bioshock into a movie. You know, like there's so much potential. But it wouldn't. Oh, did you read the uh, script treatment that was put out for the Bioshock movie? I did. That sounded so good. It, it actually sounded amazing. It could have been incredible, but they they synced that one. I mean, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally synced it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but like um, but I I know Netflix is doing a TV series of Assassin's Creed. Oh, Assassin's Creed, Creed yeah. yeah, which I think will be cool. I think you need that series vibe to kind of get through the story. I'm interested uh, to see how well that works out because I wonder how much of the success of the Witcher series is based on the fact that those are oh, books yeah. first right, rather right. than a video game. And this is still being based off of a video game. Right. Um, so, and I've never played a full Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> I've played like maybe 40% of Black Flag. And then I don't think I've played much of the, oh, really? the other ones. I have all of them. I own them all, but I just have never played them. There's so many of them. I don't know where to start. So many, they're massive. They're huge. Get the last two games in the series, Odyssey and Valhalla, which I'm playing through right now, just massive. Like just yeah. huge maps, just just great. But anyways, let's get back to Disney a little bit. Yeah, Disney <laughs> um, is not doing an Assassin's Creed series. <laughs> no, they are not. Which I I I don't know. I might be all right with that. Um, so we have uh, Armor Wars, which sounds really cool. Um, okay, what is this? Is this supposed to be like a nightmare thing? So what it is, is it's, you know, Tony Stark's worst fear come true. People, you know, the tech gets in the wrong hands and essentially the bad, bad Iron Man versus the good Iron Man, basically huh. what it becomes. So you have Rhodey, uh, War Machine, he kind of is the leader of it all, of the good guys. And, and they have to take on, you know, take down the, take down the baddies. Be yeah. cool. Uh, so when I was in college, my buddy came up with this idea called Iron Avengers, where Iron Man made a suit for every Avenger. That's cool. And uh, That's cool. it'd be cool to see something like that happen in in this series. You never know with with uh, you know their their amount of star power and how many people you know happen to cross over in a lot of these series and movies and stuff. We could yeah we could get that, which would be really cool. Um, and we got She Hulk with um. Well, Mark Ruffalo's coming back. Tim Roth is coming back, which really surprised me. I thought Disney was kind of done with that iteration of Hulk. Yeah, they've got uh, Tatiana Maslany coming yes, back. Tatiana from, Maslany uh, from uh, Orphan Black playing She-Hulk, which is which is cool. I think she's uh, great. Yeah, cool to see her get more work, especially kind of in. I feel like when people come into the Marvel universe, kind of their careers like explode. Oh yeah. 
since the like full like Disney acquisition that's kind of mm-hmm. reinvigorated a lot of careers. So uh, it'd be really cool to kind of see her get more work after this. She's a great actress. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I'm, I'm excited to see where the series goes. And I like the fact that, you know, Mark, Ruff, Mark Ruffalo is coming back. I think that'd be really fun. Um, yeah. Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, which I yeah. think is super cool. I'm a huge Kamala Khan fan. I think she's Me too. Great. Um, her and uh, Miles, they're still fairly new characters in the Marvel canon but they're two uh-huh. of my favorite most i honestly wish i had these characters when i was a teenager because <laughs> they're you know they're just oh, they're just great characters and i I'm, I'm super excited to see a kamala khan live action yeah kamala khan's series. character is um she's perfect for what marvel needs especially when it was yeah. kind of coming out of the i mean if you've read comics for a long time you know that we kind of had this period where um I mean, I call it the dark night effect. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. Where <laughs> yeah, yeah. like everyone was kind of like getting dark and gritty and we had, I mean, even I mean, Marvel Comics was like a little darker and DC was getting really dark. Yeah. And then they introduced Kamala Khan's character and she's just this optimistic, bright ray of sunshine in the middle of all oh, this. She's great. And I just love her and I'm really excited that she's going to be on the big screen. I love that they've just fully embraced her and I yeah. mean I think she's in the video game. She's like yeah, one of the main characters in the video game. So she I she's got a very bright future as a character in Marvel. I just keep using her. Just keep using her. Keep on using her and I love that she's a fan too. Like even in within the comics she loves the Avengers. Like she's in yeah. love with like all these characters and everything and it's like that's that's us. Like, yeah, I remember when she yeah. uh, met Captain Marvel. That was oh, a, yeah. that was a great little issue. I think was that Secret Wars or I, I think it was Secret Wars. Was. Yeah, yeah, it was Secret Wars. Yeah, there was like was... the one good thing in Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and then we have the uh, I Am Groot, you know, series, which I think is just a series of shorts, as far shorts, as I yeah. know. Um, could be fun, you know. I like I like Groot. I like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Who knows what that could bring? Um, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Thumbs up directed for me. by James Gunn. I'm Thumbs there up. 100%. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of stuff they didn't talk about. Like we have stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming and um, just, a, you know, Captain Marvel 2 was a, officially announced um, with um, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki DaCosta. Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta directing. Yeah. Um, which I've been super excited to see freaking Candyman, but who knows when I that's know. going to happen. <laughs> it's so close yet so far. Uh, so close, so close. And then we have the Eternal still coming out, Shang-Chi, um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I'm super stoked for. Uh, Sam Raimi. Are we confirmed on Sam Raimi yet? As far as I know, we are. Um, I don't know 100% if he signed on the dotted line yet. Okay. That would yeah. be really interesting because they also talked about he's going to have a big piece in Spider-Man 3, which, I mean, this wasn't brought up in the no um, call, but I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. All the yeah. casting news around that movie is just crazy. It's, it's insane. It's getting to the point of... Um, you know, today they were talking about Willem Dafoe and um, Thomas Hayden Church reprising their roles as Bring it on, baby. Let's do and it. all these things. And it's like every day there's something new. Um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm on board if they do it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, each one of these, each Spider-Man series that they've done, we've done three now, Mm -hmm. each one of them has tried to build up to a Sinister Six movie. Right. And And none of them have done it. But if you take all of them, you have a Sinister Six, essentially. So, like, why not just, like, bring them all in through the multiverse? And now you have this, like, all-star Sinister Six that the three of them can be facing off against. I think that's just... I think it's awesome. I would. I hope. I hope and pray <laughs> that Miles Morales shows up somehow Miles. in this. I think that would be very cool. Like if they um, didn't reveal it, and all of a sudden some kid shows up in the middle of the movie, and it's Miles Morales, it would bring the house down. It would. It would be like the circles or what's it, the portals. The moment. portal scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's that would be the level of insanity I think you'd get out of a Miles Morales showing oh, up man. out of nowhere. I think it would, and I'm. I, I think it was just announced today too the release date for uh, Into the Spider Verse two, which is 2023, I believe. No, 2022. Okay. Sorry, 2022. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Uh, yeah, I, I think, but yeah, I love that movie. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, Into the Spider Verse is incredible, and I think it's. We just watched it again the other night, and it still just blows my mind just how great it is. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's 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 great. It's great. I can't wait to see the second one. But yeah, if Miles shows up in the live action, I think it'll be awesome. <laughs> it'll be awesome. And of course, we got uh, John Watts um, confirmed to direct the Fantastic Four. Yes, for the MCU. Um, this is um, that's exciting for me. Okay, well, so Fantastic Four is how I got into comics when I was a kid. Oh, cool. Uh, I just consumed an insane amount of Fantastic Four comics. They were my favorite. Uh, And so I have, since the 90s, been wanting a good Fantastic Four movie, and I've yet to get that. So (laughs) fourth time's the charm. I, um, yeah, the whole Trank thing, I, uh... I still haven't seen it. I, I almost refused to. I don't I, want to do it to myself. I refused to see it too until my son decided to put it on because it was on Hulu. He's like, you need to watch this with me. I was like, all right, all right. Like it How took was me, it? I, it, was, it was as bad as you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to someone like John Watts taking it and, and bringing us something fresh and Did new. You, uh... and, yeah, I agree. Did you see uh, Trink's recent movie, Capone? Nope. Tom Hardy. Holy crap. <laughs> that was a movie, man. I think that was... He... If you told me that, at the, that in 2020, one of the weirdest things I would see is uh, Tom Hardy dressed as Al Capone, chewing a carrot in a diaper, <laughs> shooting a golden machine gun, pooping in his pants... I would be like, that no, that's not gonna happen. And it happened. I watched it. <laughs> it was bad. I'm kind of in the same boat as I was with Fantastic Four with this one. I was kind of like, I'm just Yeah, that to me solidified that because he claims that studio interference was the issue with Fantastic Four. No, that no, is not the problem. Josh Trank is the problem. Uh Chronicle was a lightning in a bottle, a flash in the pan. That's it. He, yeah. he made a good movie. But he sucks. <laughs> Outside of that, do not let that man make another movie. I hope he doesn't make any more movies. Uh, yeah, or, or do, try to. Do At least they took away too. that Boba Fett you know? series. 
Oh, oh. At least it took away his Boba Fett series. Can you imagine? You guys, you guys I, love Boba Fett over here. You guys are being, we do, man. Guys are being hell. I would, this, that would have been a nightmare, and I feel like it would have been a hell that we couldn't get out of. And I yeah. kind of felt like we would have brought it on ourselves at that point because um, obviously we're giving Trank our money to do something now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that about covers it for all the big announcements. There were some couple little things. Um, you know, Disney and Pixar, they have their kind of uh, slate of upcoming stuff on Disney+. Plus. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I do want to talk about real quick because I thought it was kind of cool and kind of interesting was a Pixar thing. The Lightyear. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you bring this up. Um, Chris Evans voicing a young Buzz Lightyear. Um, obviously not the Buzz Lightyear that we know. It's the mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based off of. Yeah. Uh, I think it's exciting. I'm excited for it. It's supposed to be just a, I hate using the word dark, but an action thriller animated Pixar movie. I mean, yeah. The, I, the idea behind it is really cool that the toys are a different voice than the characters. Now there's a little awesome. bit of a, I, I mean, I got some questions around it because Woody uh the toy sounds like woody from woody's roundup but honestly uh so i i read a piece where they talked to chris evans about it and he said that it makes sense once you see the movie cool that the whole tim allen chris evans thing makes sense and i think that it's just he's a younger version maybe that this is like a prequel to the tv series or movie but i like that that you know the toy that we know is based off of this character and we're going to get to see the character that andy was so excited to get the toy of so it's pretty really really cool concept yeah i'm excited for that and i think it's it's going to be really really fun um so yeah i mean um you know, unless there's really anything else you wanted to talk about, I just really wanted to talk about Star Wars, some Marvel stuff. We got a lot of that stuff out of the way and, uh, you know, had a really, really great time chatting with you. Um, yeah, I've got one. Uh, I think I've got uh, one last thing I wanted to uh, bring up is the Alien series from Noah Hawley. Oh, yes. That's coming to FX. I mean, there's a bunch of FX things that are coming that we didn't talk about. It's like Taika Waititi has yeah. his reservation dogs, which yeah. – I think that's it sounds crazy. It's like reservoir dogs, but on an Indian reservation where it's like a bunch of kids that commit crimes. It's great. Sounds cool. It's great. But um yeah, an alien series that's supposed to take place on Earth. Um yes. and I I think that so outside of the first two alien I love the first alien. Um I love aliens. Uh talk about Fincher I, a little bit um yeah tough for Fincher I mean he doesn't even like to talk about that movie because he feels like Fox is the one that uh messed oh, yeah. that up oh yeah um Definitely. I actually liked Alien Covenant quite a bit and Prometheus um so I'm, I'm excited to see what a long-form version of an alien's story looks like um where the alien is kind of more in the shadows for a, a quite a bit of it I imagine that you're not going to have, you know, the xenomorph constantly showing up every right. episode and killing someone. So I like the idea of how do we build tension over a significant amount of time, you know, like eight or 10 hours worth of content. So that's, that's something that they mentioned that I'm, I'm personally really excited about as a, as a big fan of the yeah. alien series and um, especially taking these kind of movie characters and saying, all right, well, let's put them on, kind of the small screen in kind of a longer format. So I think it's a, it's an interesting play and I'm excited to see more. 
Yeah, I think it's very exciting. Uh, I, I know Noah's kind of been attached to it for, attached to something alien for a while. No one really knew what he was doing, though, mm-hmm. whether it was going to be movie, TV show, or whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think a long-form series is the way to go with, with, uh, with Alien, and I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, super exciting. And uh, actually, on the FX front, which I'm, I'm, I'm a huge huge fan of it's always sunny in philadelphia oh yeah <laughs> getting four more seasons that's impressive i think it brings it up to 18 now Longest yeah running it's something crazy television. like that yeah it's crazy man it's insane i'm excited for that and it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome four four years <laughs> i mean talk about a show that uh that just delivers i mean yeah. that show's quality is had it, it's it hasn't really dropped off i mean no one of their best episodes ever was only like two or three seasons ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the, the dance, the ballet uh, episode. Yes. Is when like, he, yeah. When, uh, with uh, okay. Mac. Yeah. I think it's like yeah. Mac faces the, I want to say like Mac faces the music. That might be what it's called. But yeah. It was the one where he essentially came out. Yeah. Yeah. It, just amazing. Yeah. It was beautiful like for for that show like it was such a beautiful moment like it, it my wife like she, she started crying <laughs> <laughs> and i think yeah. it was just it was great it was fantastic well but yeah um well brandon thank you so much for joining me today and uh speaking with me here on you the bet. nation popcorn um so where can uh people find your podcast the cinemas podcast um yeah you guys are so Cinemass Podcast, um, for those who want to check us out. So we have new episodes every Monday. We uh, essentially do movie talk. And um, it's more kind of uh, every week we talk about a different movie or kind of a different theme. So uh, you know, we just had a Die Hard episode come out um, today. Uh, we've talked everything from uh, Pride. And, we did a Pride and Prejudice. We've done... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, we've done Die Hard, Pride and Prejudice, Up. Um, really like your uh, V from uh, V for Vendetta yeah, episode. Yeah, V for Vendetta. Yeah. We did that one yeah. um, right around the election. We did, and we do a lot of top ten stuff. So we've done like top ten Christopher Nolan movies um, before ten. It came out. We've done top ten summer movies. We just had our um, top twelve Christmas movies come out. Um, and then we also kind of have little uh, little debate episodes too. Like we had an Inception debate episode. My wife, I had my wife on and we did uh, um, what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie. So if you like that kind of kind of discussion stuff, uh, new episodes every Monday, uh, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Uh, just look up the Cinemast podcast. Uh, and yeah, come and check it out. Subscribe if you like it. And uh yeah, I have a blast doing it. So it's Very great. Cool. We have new new guests every week. We got to have you on. Yes. We'll have you on. Yeah, the show. man, definitely. That would be so much fun. And I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, as always, go to uh, visit pastramination.com for news reviews and uh, everything else pop culture. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Have a good night. See ya.